Hi everyone, my name is Anika Aftab and welcome to The Only in the Room, the podcast where we explore stories of some incredible humans that have felt like an only in a room full of people. Despite all that, they decided to transform their experiences and leave a greater impact on the world. Remember, the only is not just a feeling, it's a movement. In this episode of The Only in the Room, I welcome our guest, Shampa, to discuss the complexities of cultural identity, societal expectations, and the pursuit of authenticity. Shampa shares her experiences growing up in a tightly knit Bengali community in Brooklyn and the challenges she faced when her beliefs and values clashed with the expectations of her culture. From feeling like an outsider to navigating criticism and societal pressures, Shampa candidly explores the journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance. She also delves into the power of social media in connecting with like-minded individuals and finding support in unexpected places. With personal antidotes and heartfelt reflections, this episode invites listeners to question societal norms, cherish genuine relationships, and embrace their true selves. Much rather have a conversation same, than like, same, yeah. Know, but um, and and so it's really interesting what you said, like the difference between the bunk, like the Queens Bengalis and the Brooklyn mm-hmm. Bengalis. Like, what are the? We're all Bengali, right? But what what were the differences? Like, what would you say? It w- it was just like for Brooklyn Bengalis, it was just like everybody is related to one another. Like Literally. it's like it's like an actual enclave of people. Like if you go to like Church Avenue and McDonald's Avenue, like Kensington, Brooklyn, like. Yeah. everyone is all related to each other and it's all the Shundi people and then like as the years went on and more like Bengali immigrants started coming in now it's like the other smaller islands like Norkali and like other people and stuff but like I don't know any Dhaka people at all like I did not grow up with any Dhakayas like it wasn't until like I started meeting Queens Bengali people that's when I started learning about like the other parts of Bangladesh because I honestly never even knew like outside of where I was from because every single Bengali person I ever knew was related to me like I did not know like people that weren't related to me so I had no idea until like I was in college like what other Bengalis actually were or like what the dialects were were kind of like the cultures of within their own like sections and stuff so I had no idea like about any of that that is so wild to me because I don't think I I don't think I'm related to anyone that I know that's like Bengali in New York. No, so. literally my whole family, like so much of my family is in Brooklyn that like I only have like one or two relatives back in Bangladesh. That's why I don't go back because <laughs> all of our relatives, they're all here. That's insane. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean... We literally grew up maybe like what 20 30 minutes from one another yeah. but so and different like, like completely opposite yeah. um like people like, think i lie when i say i was the only bengali girl in my class like no literally like i did not know any other bengalis and i would know the other bengalis because they would be my relatives so like i did not have any bengalis in my classes growing up 
Really? But even though you lived in like the the area with, did you live in an area with a lot of Bengalis? Yeah, or were you, yeah. So, so back then, like in the 90s and 2000s, there wasn't a lot of Bengali families oh, in the yeah. neighborhood. And if they were, yeah. they were my relatives. They were literally, so, yeah. So they, they literally just went to a different like neighborhood of schools than compared to me. Like I never really had Bengalis in my class until I got to like middle school. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then where did you go to college? Did you go to school in New York um, too? Yeah, I stayed in, I went to Brooklyn College because like nice, my nice. parents were like, you can't go away. And yeah. I was like, yep. okay. And then they tried to like, like bribe me with a car with like, <laughs> car, Literally the same. I never really used because Brooklyn College was like, not that far away. That is so funny because I actually also got bribed with a car. I decided not to take it. And I went to school up in upstate New York. Mm. But like, I, I feel like sometimes like when I talk to like Bengalis, like I'm like, you live my life. Like we yeah. literally had the same freaking life. And um, why are our parents like this? Like <laughs> who hurt, who hurt them? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's so, that's so interesting. And so you stayed and then when did you ultimately move to Los Angeles? I moved in November. Well, oh, like November 30th of this year. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. This is like your first time like away away from Away home. away. Like, and you just got engaged or married? Did you just I just married? got engaged too. So it Congratulations. Was like, thank you. It was, it, I just chose this part of my life. Well, to be fair, I got engaged really like quicker than usual than yeah. planned because I was moving. So like the moving thing was not in the plan the marriage right. was in the plan but yeah. everything was like pushed because I was moving so because my parents were so much like freaking out that I was gonna live across the country by myself they were like okay like let's try to get you married off quicker and I'm like that's fine because I actually love the person that I want to be with so like yeah. I'd rather just get married now and then once our like families met it would it was the same thing for them it was like all right one two three like let's get it started yeah wow that's yeah. crazy well so how long and i'm assuming your partner is bengali too no no oh, he's not bengali no no girl tell me everything <laughs> i need your advice <laughs> he's pakistani actually and listen what? that's like another thing i did not know this Bangladesh versus pakistan beef growing up like like people people on my social media are like oh it's because you hate bengali men first of all all the bengali men i know is related to me so that's out of the question like you're acting as if i'm meeting bengalis that aren't related to me first off <laughs> it's not like i planned like i didn't wake up one day and i was like okay i'm gonna marry a pakistani man like it wasn't in the plan like our relationship blossomed into something we both never expected because we both went to high school with each other. We both oh, wow. were from the same friend group, but we were the only two people that never spoke to each other because I was the loud girl who was friends with everyone. And he was the quiet brown boy with the glasses and braces that didn't speak to everyone. And we didn't start talking to each other until COVID happened when he had like a glow up. And I was like, damn, like, He's cute. Let me hit him up. So I hit him up. I DM'd him on Instagram. And then I was like, well, don't DM me. Take my number. 
And then we were texting and then I was like, nah, don't keep talking to me. Take me out. And then I don't know. I guess it just worked. I love so, that. So, you know, it's not like, oh, he was like on my mind. Like his ethnicity was on my mind. I didn't have this right. like inner Bengali trauma, like issues that I couldn't be with someone else. Like I grew up in Brooklyn. All I knew were other ethnicities. Like why is it yeah. a shocker that I wasn't with a Bengali? Like we grew right. in New York City. <laughs> right. And one you're not related to. That's the exactly. important distinction. Exactly. <laughs> like, but what did your parents like? Were they like, oh no, Pakistani, we don't like Pakistanis? Or like, no, so were they, they were like, never, they were never like, both of our families, they were never like, oh, we hate Bengalis, we hate Pakistanis. Like it was never that. It was more of like, okay, like why do you want to marry someone that's not Bengali? Like we can't talk to them. Like, why would I want you to be involved in my marriage in the first place? That's, like, one thing that I never wanted either. I was, like, I never wanted, like, to talk in yeah. general. Like, I never wanted, like, in-laws to intertwine. But, yeah. like, I just didn't want that. I've seen it so much happen, and I know what happens to people's relationships when families get involved. And I just simply was, like, why do I need to talk, like, like right. I'm marrying the person like it's not you guys right and so like the expectation isn't like you're moving into his family his parents house or anything right so so it's literally because I moved like he's gonna be moving with me now like once all the marriage stuff is done but honestly if I was still in New York I have no idea what I would have done because yeah. He lives in Long Island like he's from Brooklyn but he oh. lives in Long where, Island we're on Long Island um, because I so I grew up Beth in Queens Page. and then Long Island. Oh, Beth Page. Okay, I'm really close. So home is Long Island for me. Oh, um, okay, okay. He like just that's moved. Where... He just oh just moved. Got gotcha. a house like last year there. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was like eight years old when we moved mm. to Long Island. But mm. yeah, I'm very much like a little bit more whitewashed. I'll yeah. say that. No, it's, it's <laughs> fine. I mean, it's it's literally your environment where you grew up in. Um, yeah. so like. They weren't resentful or anything like that. It was more of just like, how are we going to interact? Like, what is the language barrier? Like, and also like my mom is fluent in Urdu because of like Pakistani dramas. Mm -hmm. So like she was fine, but they, they're Punjabi Pakistani. So like they speak Punjabi, which is a whole different breed of language. Yeah. Um, and then they're not Muslim, right? No, they are, are, they? they are. They are. They are Muslim. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I think that that's like the winner in this. Like there was. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they were not Muslim because like the cultures are so similar, it was kind of just like it would be weird to say like what because you can't communicate with one another. And then we all met and everyone was like best friends at the first dinner yeah. meeting. Like Aww. my mom and his mom were just like talking nonstop. His dad was talking to my dad and like it's slowly through English, but also through Urdu. Yeah. But like they both love each other, like the both families, they love each other way more than I would have ever expected. Yeah. So I love that for yeah. you. I'm so happy. So, so for honestly, you. I, I know it's not the same for a lot of people, but I got the better end of the stick. Yeah, which, which is very shocking because his parents are a lot more conservative, a lot more religious than mine too. Really? And yeah, they're they're like traditional like village Pakistani Punjabis. Like, tried to get him married to his like first cousin type, 
Um, <laughs> as you can see, our whole relationship is just a one big shock to ourselves. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm happy that it all work is working mm -hmm. out the way it's supposed to. And congratulations, all, obviously, the engagement. Thank you, thank you. I'm sure wedding planning is also not the easiest because everyone and their mothers needs to be invited. Uh, yeah. Are you doing like a 300, 400 people wedding or no? 500. And, <laughs> oh, and good like, God. It, it's not even my choice. Like, I tried to fight it. Yeah. Like, I tried to fight it, but I lost that battle. Yeah. And then how is it like, like living in LA? Do you, have you met other Bengalis or are you, are you kind of like now separated from? So, so I that? did get in contact with this one Bengali girl who is cousins with a friend of mine back in New York. And she wow. introduced me to another Bengali girl. So like, like they're like really cool. So I enjoy like talking to them, hanging out with them, but yeah. I didn't really like meet cool Bengalis. And when I mean cool Bengalis, it's more of like people that had the same mindset as me, like growing up that also loved pop culture, internet culture that wasn't too like scared of like being in society type. Like they were very like yeah. same minded people or like worked in the same industry, like different stuff like that. So I didn't really meet those type of Bengalis that weren't related to me till like college. So like it's been such an enriching experience, especially like, after doing like creating my social media platforms how much more connected mm. that I've gotten with other Bengali girls and like I don't know I'm like in this weird phase of my life now that like I don't want to like waste energy on and energy and time on people that I can't relate to anymore um yeah. I just feel like those Shit. friendships aren't as genuine with me because whatever I'm going through in this phase of my life is a very specific thing that a specific group of people will understand. And don't get me wrong, I, I have friends of like all different backgrounds, like my closest friends, they're all Hispanic because I grew up having Hispanic friends growing up and I'm still very tight with them. But when it comes to like an emotional and deeper level of like what's going on with me or like wedding planning for an example, cause like Desi weddings are a whole different ball game. There's a so, whole different amount of like emotional stuff, family stuff that goes on with everything and like expectations and like the the values of women and stuff like that. Like you can't really like talk about it with other people because right. like you have to just give them a lot of backstory where I can like go to my friends and be like, okay, this is what I'm going through. And then they'll be like, yeah, I went through this similar thing or I know how they're going to react, whatever. Like, so I try not to like waste my energy anymore. And I think like being separated from like every single person I know in life now, I can pinpoint and target my energy to like the right people. And yeah. I never believed this growing up, but they said like when big life changes happens to you, people, you'll start to see like people around you shift. And like, who is actually your ride or die? And I never believed that because I was like, no, I'm close with all my friends. I'm going to be tight with them for the rest of my life. As soon as I got like, I moved and I started wedding planning, I immediately like found out who are my ride or dies. Yeah. So and that's huge. Yeah. And that was a very like, big life shocking moment for me that I'm just going through recently and like just processing because I'm like damn like 
that's really unfortunate because it's true. Sometimes you grow out of friendships. Sometimes you grow out of the people that you've always known because they're just like not connecting with you on a different level. And like, why waste your energy on that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And it's, but it's so freaking lonely too. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you're like, you're like, shit, what am I doing? All the people that I cared so much about, they just, that energy isn't there anymore. Mm -hmm. But at the same, I mean, I experienced it too, moving to Hawaii about a year mm -hmm. and a half ago. Like 95% of the people that I used to talk to, I don't have any communication with anymore because you really do start to realize like who's going to, it's a two way street, right? Yeah. Um, but I love, I love the, I mean, after living here now for over like a year, I'm like, I'm because I was able to let go of them. Mm -hmm. I'm able to find new energy and new people mm -hmm. to like, to fulfill me even more so. And then, you know, have that relationship with. So um, there's a good and bad to it for yeah. sure, but yeah. it's so interesting that you point that out because I think Bangladesh and like a lot of those, our countries are very collectivistic, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's like you have shame if you decide to leave your parents because yeah. why aren't you taking care of them? It's like you have shame for not liking your other friends because like you're supposed to be a, a community, right? Mm -hmm. And so like when did you learn to, or how did you learn to like separate that mindset because I carry so much shame with me mm -hmm. daily being like, oh, my God, I moved 6,000 miles away from my family. Mm -hmm. You know, and then they remind me all the time that I'm not, yeah. you know, like it's like call me more. And yeah, like all that. They, yeah, so yeah. Like, what advice would you have for like, I, I feel like you're like my big sister right now. Like what mm -hmm. advice would you have for uh, like, you know, younger Bengali women that are looking to be more autonomous, more free without mm -hmm. that guilt and shame? Yeah, so I grew up in a unique situation where because I like my dad is like the youngest and his siblings. So I was kind of like, I'm not gonna say like the first generation of kids like American kids. But like, I was kind of like the first generation of the American kids after yeah. like the immigrants have settled. So I had a lot of eyes on me growing up. Like I had all these people that like came from Bangladesh that was forced. And like, you know, I can't blame these women because they got into arranged marriages with like the men in my family because my predominant side is my dad's side. So we have a lot of men in the family a lot more than the women. Like all the men in my family are like my first cousins. So a lot of the women that married into my family and that were forced to move to America, like, I had a lot of judgment from them and like right. I had so many eyes on me and like it was just it was such a battle like it was always like I even if I walked outside there was an issue like what like I'm trying to live my life like I'm doing regular teenage shit yeah it wasn't until when I was like in high school where I was like are you serious like what is going on here like what is what is all of this like, why are you a grown ass woman who's married, who has like a baby? Why do you care what I wear? Why do you care if I'm in Manhattan? Like, I will never forget this one story. Someone saw me in Manhattan and called my mom. It's like, what, what, what was, was I doing? The... <laughs> I was hanging out with my friends doing regular New York City kid shit, walking around after school. But then I got like the worst end of the stick because I never said, oh, I was going to Manhattan. So like if people saw me, then they she could be like, oh, yeah, I know where my daughter was. 
So in that aspect, oh, I'm embarrassing my mom because I didn't tell her where I was. And <laughs> that, and like those situations, I was like, you know what? Like this, this is all fabricated. This is all like nonsense. I, I'm just not going to like do this. But because I just got pounded with it so much that it was like hard for me to like escape it. But I always like stuck to who I was, you know, I always like stood by myself, like, it it didn't matter, like how much people would say like, Oh, why is she doing this? Why is she going there? Why is she wearing this? Why is she posting these photos on Facebook? Like, because like, everybody was on Facebook, not really on Instagram. It was always more of like, why, why, why? And it was more of like, okay, I'm gonna disassociate myself with a lot of the values of this community. So that's why I had such an issue being Bengali because I associated those people's opinions and the mindset of like my actual culture. And that's why I was always like embarrassed of being Bengali. I wasn't embarrassed because of like the clothes, the food. I luckily went to a very diverse school. I never really had to deal with like being shamed for food and stuff like that. But it was more of like, within my own community, they were pushing me away until I got old enough to know like, okay, this is their mindset. I'm not going to be associated with this. And I'm just going to talk about the stuff that is actually wrong. Because now I'm seeing so many other like the second generation of like American kids now, like all my nieces and nephews growing up. And I'm like, this is like bullshit. Like you, you don't need to deal with this. Just know this is all fabricated. Like this is not real ideals that should be affecting you. Like just because they feel a certain way, that shouldn't like penetrate towards you at all at some point. Because that should that that stuff really does affect you in the long term. Like I'm still battling with like not even like listening to all this nonsense. And now I just feel like it's ironic because now I'm getting married. So now I'm fulfilling the duty. So now it's like, okay, I'm not going to be criticized, but I'll be a little criticized because I'm marrying outside the culture, but I'm not going to be as criticized because I'm going to be a married woman. I'm going to have to fill the obligations, start having kids like now that now I'm a good girl. Whereas before when I'm living my life and going out and doing whatever I wanted, I was not a good girl. Girl, I feel triggered just listening to you. I'm like, and it's bringing back a lot of emotions. Um, shit, why are we like, like, why is our culture like this? It's so, it's so frustrating. I mean, props to you for speaking out about it. That's like the most important thing. But do you have any younger siblings? I do, but they're all boys. I'm the only girl. I was going to say, well, they probably are girls. all over. It doesn't well, matter. Teacher, I just get fucked on all angles. I was gonna say nothing you do can be right, especially no, when you nothing. have younger when you have younger siblings that are brothers. I have a younger brother too. Mm-hmm. He's like thirteen. He can do no wrong. He is the prince of the well, house. I have five brothers. Five. I have five brothers. Good God, it's it's you and five brothers. Yes. How old is your youngest? I'm not laughing at you. I'm no, laughing no. at the situation. No, no, literally, my youngest brother is fourteen now. Oh. Oh, cool. So yeah. around the same age, but, and how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 26. Oh, okay. I'm 25. So mm-hmm. we're around the same age. Um, God, <laughs> that's a lot of, a lot of brothers. And like, I'm sure you growing up, you were like, 
why am I not allowed to do this? Or why am I getting in trouble for this? Well, whereas like, you know, it doesn't matter. Was that the kind of the sentiment for you? It was the expectations of the households. Why am I being forced to do X, Y, and Z when no one else is being taught? And now I'm glad I left home because now my parents are seeing the repercussions of what happens when you don't teach your sons how to do stuff. To and cook, to clean, to do nothing. Exactly, they don't know how to do exactly, <laughs> exactly. So like, I'm glad I left because they also need to realize how to live without me too. Right. Because um, like my younger brothers, like they just like didn't do anything. And like, I don't blame them. It's not their fault. Right. Like, they weren't right. told to do stuff. So like, they're just going to keep doing what they know how to do because they're young mm-hmm. kids. Like, you're not going to know till you tell them to do it. Right. Right. And I do appreciate that you're not like blaming it, any of them. Right. It's kind of just like the shitty situation. Yeah. Where, like, yeah. Like, it, it's just how we grew up. It's I mean, honestly, our parents have probably had so much generational trauma themselves yeah. that like they don't know how to heal that kind of stuff. Um but it, it almost seems like you were able to, like, find your voice, right? Like, I mean, once again, I follow you on Instagram. Like, you – first off, your cooking videos are fucking bomb. Thank I, like, want you. – you need you need to cook – you know what? I'll house you if you cook for me 100%. in Hawaii. <laughs> I love people. That's, like, my number one thing. If I wasn't doing what I did now, I would yeah. have gone to culinary school 100%. Really? Wait, what yeah. do you do now? What are well, you – I'm in content operations oh, at cool. TikTok. Oh my god that is yeah. so cool yeah yeah I, I had no idea <laughs> yeah so i i did a lot of like entertainment and like media yeah. work um right which kind of led me to like now on more on the tech side but with content mm-hmm. now so that's just been like the so progression cool. but like while i was like interning throughout like my life i was always working at a restaurant i was always working at a bakery I wasn't yep. just like going to school. I was always like working. Always working. Just just because I didn't want to be home. Literally, yes. I didn't want to be home. Yes. I wanted to make my own money. I wanted to be around stuff I liked, which was food. Yeah. My two older brothers, they're both chefs. So it's like, it, it's literally in like our culture <laughs> of family that yeah. like, we're such big foodies. So you know, mm-hmm. all these people, they always say like, oh, you should open a restaurant, you should open a restaurant. If I didn't live in New York, I probably would have. But I've yeah. been with a restaurant from the day they opened their doors to the day they closed their doors. So like, I wouldn't want any like actual financial risks in that. But I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe, who knows? One day, in the future. One day. You're, when you're retired, <laughs> when you're retired, you will get your own yeah. restaurant and yeah. you know, all of we'll that. See. We'll see. I'm not dying for it. I yeah. just I see a lot of like South Asians do their own thing in food now. So yeah. they're stepping in. So that's good. Absolutely. Um and you know I want to I wanted to ask so you said you work for TikTok, right? Mm-hmm. You know in our in our culture it's if you're not a, you know, an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer, you're a failure. It's like how did your parents and TikTok is huge. Like mm-hmm. I mean saying that out loud I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing." But do your parents see it that way? Um I think like I feel like the thing with them is like, if they don't know the money that you're making, they're not going to put value in it. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it didn't make sense to them until the, I told them my salary and then it clicks for them. They're like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, okay. Like you're moving. 
oh, okay, this is a really good opportunity. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it was more <laughs> of like, okay, once they heard the salary, that's when they yeah. were like, okay. But like all the other stuff I've done, like, girl, I worked for Instagram. I worked for Peloton. I worked for NBC. I worked at all these companies. Who are you? It's like never even like understood what I did ever. Oh my goodness! And you're not stop. You're a badass. You're not the first person to say that. People would like, like when they meet me because all I talk about is like food or like what's going on in life. But like I don't really talk about like my career unless someone asks me about it or unless I'm reflecting on it. But yeah. like, yeah, I've done so much that it's oh, you're just like all a blur at this point. First off, you're a badass and you're like 26 years old and you've like done so much like with like big, big companies too. And like, you know, it's a shame that our parents are like, like, oh, we don't even know what that is. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, well, everyone else does. So yeah, that's what yeah. matters. Um, but first off, props to you for paving the freaking way because that that's another level of like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm proud of you, right? That's like amazing that you're able to do that. Um, but yeah, honestly, I thought you were like, you had like a food blog kind of thing. And then you're like, a, just like a, like a woman speaker leader yeah. in like our community, but get a girl that could do both. <laughs> like, why not? That's amazing. I love to work. That's the thing. Like I, I always thought to myself, so like after, um, cause like I was fine at Instagram, you know what I mean? Like I was fine yeah. in New York. Wait, so when did you start your food stuff? Like, was that always something like so a... My food stuff, like, I've been making videos since I was, like, 15. But I never just, like, posted it out. But I would yeah. always just make it. Or, like, throughout the years, I was always posting a photo. And I was always, always like, doing something with food. Like, everyone who knows me, like, legit knows me, like, they always knew food was always there. I just didn't start um, professionalizing it until 2021 and I was working at Peloton at the time I was a production assistant I was walking so cool. back and forth like waiting for like this class to be finished and in my head like that's when like a year into TikTok like all these people were like blowing up especially with food and I was like what the hell like they're all freaking white this is annoying like and, and the thing is, because I lived in a in a Bengali household, it's, I didn't have an aesthetic kitchen. So, like, my kitchen was in the basement. We had dark tiles. The room was very dark. Someone who's coming from production, spe like, specifically in their career, like, I'm looking at this space and I'm, like, always discouraged because I don't have the fancy kitchen. I don't have, like, natural lighting to even make my stuff look good. So I always like didn't do it because I just literally got disencouraged because of my environment. So it wasn't until I just got like really frustrated one day and I was like, I need to like change this. Like, I'm just going to do something. So I created my website, we'reeating.com. And the initial- Wait, what is it? We'reeating.com. We'reeating.com. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So the initial goal of We're Eating was that it was going to be a platform that supported mm -hmm. people of color producing their own like recipes. Uh -huh. The website has not been updated in Matlock. But, 
that looks mad pretty and i'm hungry now so <laughs> so so the idea was people of color were going to get together they were going to share their own recipes share their own food stories whatever be be this platform for people like for people of color to like join together i put out like like a like a search thing if anybody was interested i got like messages from people all over the country and i was hype i was like this is awesome we're gonna make this happen and then it lasted a few months because you know life happens like i am not salty about that at all because this was like a fun thing people were supposed to do it happens people get busy with life everybody who was working on it were students and like had jobs i wasn't expecting anything so the idea of we're eating kind of fell apart but then I rebranded and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it a more like self-centered version of me. Like I'm going to become the brand. And before yeah. like um, COVID was happening, I was doing a lot of um, like I was doing comedy videos, but it wasn't like, like, I, I don't know. I like deleted them. So yeah. I was like, kick myself in the face. I'm like, fuck, like I could have been like a lot bigger in the in the 2020 era but i was just like so depressed that like i yeah. just because like my life literally changed i went from always being outside to now like stuck with my family oh. and everybody was arguing every single day you were saying you know how you rebranded you started to create your own and now i mean like i feel like a, a lot of people love it like i yeah at least i love it <laughs> thank you so like the food stuff isn't like my main stuff just because i noticed when i was starting to talk more about my experience i was building a community of girls that also understood so yeah. like to I me that. that's why i like to incorporate like both stuff because growing up i always wanted to be on tv like yeah. i even had like an actress bit for like a hot second i also was like a stand-up comedian for like a hot second it's like so it was, awesome. I'm telling you, my life before COVID was like, like it doesn't even feel believable that that was my life. But yeah. I I started like you know seeing this platform, and I always wanted to have my own talk show. Like that was why I even went into entertainment because I wanted to have my own talk show. That was the whole point of me going into TV because I wanted to be the representation on TV. So because like. You know, I just, I, because COVID happened, I wasn't going as hard with like the acting and like the comedy anymore because there wasn't as many opportunities. So it was just kind of like, okay, like I'll just start doing my my own thing. And eventually it started landing and eventually I started growing a following, but it did take a while for that. It took a long, long time. And now- yeah. and just now, literally within like the past few months, that's when I've started seeing like more people like being able to like relate to me or like post comments and stuff like that. And like, I read everything. Like I may not respond to everything, but I read everything. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And, and I love like how you put it. It sounds like it's so linear, right? Like it's like, oh, A, B, C, D, when I'm sure in reality it was like, you went up, down, mm -hmm. side to side, like all around. Um, but like, it just seems like there's a theme of like, you're always still trying. You're yeah. still trying to like put yourself out there. Like, I mean, COVID, COVID was another story and a half for everyone. But like, mm -hmm. it, it seems like you're always still like, it's so resilient, you know? And I, I love using that word um, 
But where do you think your resiliency comes from? Or would you use a better word? I think determination mm-hmm. is a really good word. Where does your determination come from? I think it's literally just because, like, I was in such a position where I was in such toxicity mm-hmm. that, like, I always just wanted to break away from it. So it was yeah. always like, okay, building towards something that's going to, like, help me be away, but also yeah. tell other people, like, this, I understand how you're feeling, mm-hmm. too. So I don't right. know, just like, like, I, obviously, like, my dad is very resilient. Like, a lot of the stuff he did was very yeah. resilient because he came to America when he was 18 and was, like, doing his own thing and built a successful life to him. Like, my dad, I see him as very successful um, just because of the way he is. And that was, like, also another criticism I had to face in life because people saw how successful my dad was and they would always have this like assumption about me or like oh she's this way because her dad does this and it's like no I never asked my parents for anything like I was I was never that type of person yeah I never asked them for like money I I just was never that person because I wanted to build my own life so it was just like like everything I did I did it on my own Like, my Mm -hmm. parents helped me here and there, but, like, in theory, like, what did they help me with? I don't know. But, I like, I'm still, like, also trying to, like, have a better relationship with my parents in general. So, like, thinking of that, too, is, like, a whole different thing. Have you been trying to do that? I'm also working on it, so I'm curious. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I think... They really love my fiance. That's the thing. They really, really love him. I love that. So I think maybe like when I'm married, probably something will click. But right now I'm kind of still like, all right, this distance, like I like waking up and not talking to anyone. That is my favorite thing in this world. Mm. I wake up, there's no one here for me to talk to. That is, like, it's just, like, my mind is at peace. Like, I, even though I'm lonely here, even though, like, I miss New York, I miss my friends, all this stuff, like, I'm at peace, though. 100. I live yeah. alone. Girl, I don't know how I'm ever going to live with someone because yeah. it is. It is another level of, you know, you're not hearing someone argue or nag or your parents aren't fighting. No one's running around. Like, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to a point where, you know, eventually with kids and stuff, mm-hmm. we'll go back into it. But, like this is the time now in our 20s to like yeah. experience what it means to be autonomous and by ourselves like yeah. and learn to love that and then be able to incorporate more because I don't think a lot of our family members have ever experienced it. Yeah, like, definitely do you think not. any of our moms have ever lived alone? No, <laughs> like- definitely not. And like, you know, I do feel bad sometimes because I think like, okay, there is a lot of generational trauma and stuff like that. But I think like there's also a benefit of being self-aware of how you're acting or what are yeah. the things that you're saying or like if you're being called out on it to like realize mm-hmm. to take a step back like okay I am saying this and I think that's something that like my mom doesn't realize so mm-hmm. like it's just I like it's just like a toxic relationship like it has yes. ups and it has a lot of downs but now right. I know like because I'm alone I don't need to see them. 
or if yeah. I'm frustrated on the phone, like it's gonna sound messed up, but I hang up. You can hang up. Like just, you're, you can. <laughs> I just don't want to deal with that. I just don't want that energy. Like if I was home, it would be horrible. Like yeah, it would be even worse. But like now that I'm here, and I'm just like at peace, like it's it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. And and I'm sure a lot of like the women that you talk to that relate to your story, you know, you. I don't know about you, but like listening to you, I'm like, yeah, I deserve this. I, I'm allowed to give myself peace. I'm allowed to find it, you know? Yeah, and like, that's why I feel like, bad because a lot of people like they feel guilty. And honestly, like I don't feel guilty. I, I just came yeah. to a point where like I just don't feel guilty about the situation I'm in. I don't feel guilty about leaving them behind right now. I know when they're older, that's yeah. different. They're very capable people right now. There's nothing wrong with them. They they have a bunch of sons. They're living their life comfort comfortably. Like it's not like they live in an apartment. They don't have resources. My parents are good. They live in a house. Yeah. They have multiple cars. They have family around them. They're very capable people. Right. So that's why I don't feel guilty for like living my life right now because I deserve it. Like I worked for it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that. I love that message. I need a t-shirt with it. <laughs> like, because like, I feel bad because on TikTok, you see so much of the immigrant guilt of like so many people feeling the guilt. And like, yeah. I feel, so I feel like that I'm the asshole because I don't feel that guilt. I, and I just yeah. don't. And like, you, I think it's fine to not feel it. Like I'm happy that I'm in a loving relationship. I have someone that cares for me that wants to move with me that wants yeah. to build this life with me. Like, if I don't do it now, I'll, I never will, which was the biggest reason why I even moved to LA because I got the job offer. I didn't need to move. I was chilling at home. I was, I was working at Instagram from home. I was doing yeah. good. I didn't have to move, but because I got the opportunity, it was like, if I don't experience this now, like I will never experience living alone because I'm going to get married. I'm probably going to like live with another person, clearly my husband. And I'm never going to experience what I'm experiencing right now ever. Even if I'm not having the best time, I can still know that like few years down the line, if I ever move back to New York, which I probably will, and be like, I didn't like LA and that's fine, but I liked living alone though. And I know now if I ever move back to New York, I am not living with no parent. His parent, my parent, nobody's parent. I mean, heck yeah. There, I can't even imagine living in my like in-laws house. Like, no, thank you. I don't even want to live in my own parents' house. Exactly. Exactly. And I but. love my in-laws. They are literally so sweet. But like, yeah. my parents were so much to deal with. I'm going to feel uncomfortable with somebody else's parents. So yeah. I just rather if both people are capable right now, like our parents are young. They're like around the same age. They're like in their 50s and 40s. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. They are. They really are. And we shouldn't be. I love that you're not guilting yourself into it. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think the first step of it, like at least for me, was like telling myself, like, fake it till you make it right. It's mm -hmm. like, you don't need to feel guilty. Even if you feel guilty, you don't need to yeah, feel it and yeah. then continue to like, I love that you're just like, yeah, I'm going to take the opportunity as it comes because it's there for me. And like, mm -hmm. it's, it's my responsibility to accept it, even yeah. as scary as it can be. Um, so I love that. I love that. You're living your life. No one's going to live yeah. your life for you. No one's going to do the experiences for you. Everyone who Absolutely. has the expectation of what they want from you, 
they're actually not doing it for you. You're doing it for you. You're living in this moment, in this experience. So like you do what you want and not feel guilty about it. Even if it's like the wrong thing, even you're like, fuck, like I made a mistake. Now, you know, and then you just grow from it. I, I love that. Um, oh my goodness. I resonate so much with what you're talking about. <laughs> and like, I mean, so the book, it's, I didn't even talk about what I'm doing. <laughs> I'll be honest. Like, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have seven minutes left. But uh, I, I, and I, I told you a little generally about like the book itself, yeah. but um, long story short, you know, a lot of these experiences that we had, a lot of the, I mean, even just being brown women in America, first gen you know, like all these other like boxes you can check off. Um, I've always felt like the only in a room full of people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like feeling like an outsider because of sometimes it's the way you think in your own culture. Like that yeah. makes you an outsider in your own culture. Sometimes it's literally the way you dress or the way you look or what you do for work or whatever way or whatnot. Um, but the book itself is about like, you know, having those emotions and those feelings, but doing something more with it. Like, and I love, like, you're, I think you're a great example of it where it's like, you're like, no, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't, I don't need to feel guilty. I don't need to feel a certain way because mm-hmm. I can do something different. Right. And like, I can make something out of it. I can um, cook. Like if my cooking th- website doesn't work, I'm going to create another thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to work towards like, I want to have my own show. Like, I love that you're like, you're just like, you're, you're getting it. Like you're, <laughs> you are taking life instead of like life taking over you. Um, and I just, I just admire that so much. So I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about No, it, it was general. so great talking to you. Like, it was I love great. it. <laughs> and I definitely, we should, like, if you ever, seriously, ever want to come to Hawaii, you have a place to stay. Like, no, girl, 100%. I'm not you up. Like, I'll, let me, let me, I'll text you my number on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But, like, let's be friends. But I wanted to ask you a fun question before I left. Um, I do have a meeting in six minutes. Otherwise, yeah. I was like. Dang, I really want to keep talking to you. Um, well, you can call me whenever you want. Like, it's not like I have anything going on. <laughs> Likewise, like literally you call me up. But um, I I wanted to ask you because you're a foodie. Um, if you were a breakfast food based on your personality, what are you picking? You chose the wrong question because I'm Why? breakfast. <laughs> you don't eat breakfast? Well, Girl, okay. today, but that's because I had a headache. But I'm not a breakfast uh-huh. person. All right, all right. What if, what if, uh, like, just in general, if you had to pick a food, like any meal, yeah. Um, a, what, what are you picking based on your personality? I feel like. Can I give you a dessert? Oh, anything, literally anything. Okay, I'd definitely be. A chocolate lava cake with strawberries. Delicious. Just Why? Like, I just feel like that's like, like you can't go wrong. Like there's nothing wrong about that dessert. Like even yeah. if you get like the real like shitty ones from a restaurant that's like already frozen, like uh-huh. it's still way better oh, than good. like nothing. I yeah. don't know. That's just like my favorite thing that like just like a hot chocolate cake with vanilla ice cream and strawberries with some like powdered sugar that's like the i love it it's dessert. dynamic it's delicious no yeah. one's gonna like it's just it has encompasses a lot of things right the, yeah. the sweets the the heat the cold yeah the, yeah you know heat and cold together just i don't know that's like the winning combo i love it well that's awesome um that's a great answer. I was going to pick eggs. 
I like I like the versatility of eggs. A lot of eggs. I do <laughs> eat too. a lot of eggs. Um, well, awesome. I really enjoyed talking to you. We are definitely going to be friends. Like no, 100%. I, I think that there's a lot more that we are, we have so much in common. Yeah, um, we can trauma bond together. Sure, seriously. <laughs> like my therapist like is like, you need more friends that have experienced the things you have. I'm like, it's hard to find people like that. Okay. Well, now you have me. <laughs> I, and vice versa. Um, do you mind if I take a quick picture like, yeah, of yeah, us? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Only In The Room. If you like what you listen to, give us a follow on Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. The handle is at T-H-E-O-N-L-Y-I-N-T-H-E-R-O-O-M. That's at The Only In The Room. If you want to connect with Shampa, give her a follow on Instagram at S-H-O-M-P-S-C. That's shocks. I hope you have a wonderful day and we hope to see you on our next episode.